This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. Are you looking for an easy meal while you're out on the trail? Check out Green Belly Meals. They offer stoveless backpacking meals. These are lightweight, calorie-dense meals that provide you with all your macros you need. Green Belly Meals are made by thru-hikers for thru-hikers. If you're trying to cut some weight, you can ditch your stove, ditch that fuel, and check out these meal bars and the meal powder. Their meal bars come in around 600 calories and only weigh 5.5 ounces. So whether you're planning just a day hike, a nice weekend, or even your next thru-hike, consider Green Belly Meals as a lightweight, calorie-dense option. Go on over to greenbelly.co and use the code HIKINGTHROUGHLIFE to save 10% off site-wide. That's Hiking Through Life, and that's for 10% off Green Belly products. Go check them out at greenbelly.co. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast, where we talk with people who in some way, shape, or form have been influenced by the outdoors. I'm Andy, the producer of this podcast, and my lovely wife, Sarah, will be your host. Together, we make up Hiking Through Life. This podcast is all about bringing all kinds of people who are inspired by the outdoors and sharing their stories. We hope that by sharing people's stories, it inspires others to get out and live a more meaningful life. Tune in every week for new episodes, or better yet, subscribe to the Hiking Through Life podcast on your favorite podcast provider. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Also, if you have a story to share or know of anyone who might be interested in being a guest on this podcast, head on over to hikingthroughlife.net slash podcast and get in touch with us. Now sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Before we get into this week's episode with Andrew Steven... I just wanted to take some time to update you all. We're getting back into releasing podcasts regularly, and hopefully we'll be releasing podcasts every two weeks now. For those of you following us at Hiking Through Life, we have been living out of our van for the summer, traveling around the U.S. Now that we're done with that, we've kind of settled back in in Minnesota. During our travels, we weren't able to release as many podcast episodes as we had hoped for. So some of these recent episodes, including this one, were recorded actually back before we started our adventures in the van. This podcast with Andrew Steven was actually recorded in early April of 2021. So as Sarah and Andrew are talking about his podcast Trailweight, which is actually now out and available wherever you listen to podcasts, You may hear them mention some things about the release date of the podcast and such throughout the episode, so we just wanted to put out the disclaimer that Andrew's podcast, Trailweight, is out and available for listening. So go find his podcast, and we'll have a link to trailweight.co in the description of this episode. You can find that along with Andrew's own website, andrewsteven.com, where you can find some of his other podcast works. So thanks for tuning in. And enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Today we are joined by Andrew Stephen. Andrew is an avid adventure seeker, storyteller, podcaster, and creator. After 30 years of feeling stuck, Andrew through hiked the John Muir Trail in 2019, recorded some trailer re- reflections, and now has a podcast coming out to share about his story and time on the trail. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. So yeah, just before we started recording, um, we were talking about all the podcasts you created. I should have said that you're a serial podcaster (laughs) in that intro, I feel like. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I stumbled into podcasting. I used to be, I mean, I used to want to be like a professional musician. And so when I got tired of, of living on the road, I I took all this audio uh, knowledge I have and sort of fumbled my way into podcasting, but I love it. I mean, it's, it's art, it's creativity, it's storytelling, just in a different type. So wait, you just said when you got tired of living on the road, so you were living on the road? Well, it was not very glamorous. It was, uh, you know, like trying to do self-funded DIY touring, you know, uh, sleeping in your van, 
um, and not a cool, you know, sprinter van, but like, uh, you know, a rundown Honda, uh, uh, not a pilot. That's what I have now. What was the Honda element, which is great when it's one person in there, but when you have four people in there, it gets pretty, pretty tight, pretty quickly. I can imagine. So yeah, we have a Honda pilot too. I don't know what a Honda element is, but I can imagine four people. <laughs> it's like a slightly smaller pilot. So, okay. So it's smaller than a pilot. Yes. So you had yeah, four yeah. people. Yeah. It was uh, it was fun and driving through blizzards and driving through. I mean, it's all it's all it was all fun, but it was just like I'm ready to like put some roots down somewhere, and I ended up in Los Angeles here. So where are you originally from? I grew up in Orange County, but I traveled around a little bit. I lived in Pacific Northwest for uh, a minute, and then I ended up back here in Southern California. I lived there for a minute. <laughs> I, I like that term. <laughs> Well, I, it's, I was there for a year, but it's so, I mean, in the grand scheme, you know, I'm, I just turned 35, uh, like a couple of weeks ago. So one year out of 35 seems about like a minute, I guess. Right. Right. And so when you guys were doing this traveling, like what were you touring? Was this like, this was your band? Yeah. I mean, different ones. Sometimes it was like, you know, four singer songwriter types, like all with our own music sometimes. And we'd like play with each other. Sometimes it was like a full band. Um, you know, sometimes we'd go out and like play at summer camps and stuff like that. I mean, all super, super glamorous. When you think of a, when you think of the rock star life, this was not that at all. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of fun, but it was very, uh, yeah, it was, it was not the fancy hotels and stadiums full of people. And I needed, I needed to pay my bills. I needed to eat. So, uh, did that transition. Right. So what, what was your career before the whole podcasting thing started? Yeah. So I was trying to be, you know, like a musician I had, I had done, I just sort of by default had learned, um, like graphic design to promote the the band, and so that was sort of, that was actually what was, was how I was earning more of an income. And, um, you know, being on the road a lot, uh, you listen to a lot of podcasts, you listen to a lot of audiobooks. And early on when they were just getting started, it was a great way to sort of pass the time while you're, while you're driving your car, you know, sort of from gig to gig. And so when I was just like, you know, okay, this isn't a sustainable lifestyle, what can I do? I was like, well, here's this thing I love. I already know how to edit and record audio. Um, maybe there could be something here. And I got lucky. And, you know, sort of the other thing, the other thing you would listen to a lot of on the road was like stand-up comedy and and stuff like that. And a lot of the early podcasts were comedy. So I sort of fell in, you know, with a bunch of bunch of friends who sort of work in that area as well, too. And, you know, stand-ups and musicians, they're kind of uh, similar people with, with different output, though. So long story short, ended up working uh, in podcasting and then sort of worked my way up and then started creating my own shows. And then what's great about that is it gave me the freedom to sort of get out and explore and camp, which is uh, which was sort of became my go-to vacationing like any any spare moment I I tried to hit up a national park awesome so like you because it seems like you work for or have a lot of podcasts that you're doing some it's editing that you're doing on all these podcasts uh it's more it's production I mean I've, I've gone came up through like editing and everything but you know I mean my my sort of I don't know this sounds too um I don't know if this sounds too official, but like, if it, I don't know if it's a vision or like a life goal or whatever, but it's basically, I, I want to make good stuff with good people. And so I'm lucky enough that today uh, I, I can usually like, if someone approaches me, I can be like, oh, this sounds like a fun project. Yeah, I want to help you out. Or if, if it's like finding someone who I just believe in and like, let's develop something together. Or if it's an idea I have in and of myself, I can I can figure out a way to make it and and put it out there. Okay, that's pretty awesome though, because I mean, just thinking about the podcasting world in general and how many podcasts are, like a new podcast is out every single day now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and like, just thinking that you are, that's your income now. Like that's your way of living. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I'm lucky that I'm in Los Angeles. So there's a lot of like entertainment and entertainment adjacent type of jobs. So I try to balance, you know, taking on work that I can get behind that pays well, and then passion projects that, you know, can sort of be funded by the other work. And that's, you know, it's working so far. I mean, uh, 
you know, this year has been tough for a lot of people. My, my complaints are very privileged in the grand scheme of things, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it seems to be working so far and fingers crossed it continues on. Hopefully this new podcast will, will uh, be a huge hit. And then I can just make podcasts about going outside and, and have an excuse to like, uh, use the podcast to pay for more hiking trips. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, yeah. Cause like just thinking about the, yeah, the podcasting world, like I said, like that would, we'd love for like our own podcast to like make a bunch of money and do that, but it's not making a bunch of money. <laughs> surprise, surprise. The majority of stuff I've worked on hasn't. <laughs> um, like breaking even is good, but then I've been lucky enough to have, you know, one or two where it's like, it does good well, or it's like, I mean, this is getting into super nitty gritty stuff, which I'm happy to talk about, but like, you know, like sometimes you can make sponsored content or you work with an organization where it's like, you know, they, they hire me to make a show for them. And, uh, it's more of like a marketing thing than like, a than trying to reach a certain amount of listeners and have them donate to support, which is, you know, I have tons of friends who, who, who do podcasts that way. And, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and I, somehow found this weird hodgepodge mix of working on different shows and producing different shows and working with really awesome, incredible people. And I'm lucky enough that I get to do it for my job. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I love hearing about that because yeah, I mean, maybe we need to have a whole other conversation not recorded <laughs> about this because that's very interesting to me just as, as I try to navigate the podcast world. It's very interesting. Well, and I think it's something that sort of led into this new show that I'm working on because I'm a podcaster, because I work on this stuff. Like, I don't know if I'm a, I'm a chronicler by nature, but I just catch myself now at times just like pulling out my phone and just starting recording. Like, oh, this is something interesting. I don't know what it'll be, but um, you know, or like I'll, I'll often have just one of my like uh, you know, I might be going to and from interviews and I have like a recorder on me and just pulling it out and start talking to it in the car or whatever. And, uh, you know, I just started capturing stuff, but it was that sort of thing. It was just like, I was like, I had this idea where it's just like, I love camping. I love going to the outdoors. I love hiking, but just, uh, you know, frankly, I was, I wasn't at the fitness level I wanted to be in order to do some of the things I wanted to do. And I was just sort of like, what if I made a podcast about getting in shape, losing weight and doing this big long through hike and uh, started recording, started telling people and it sort of forced my own hand. And it was just sort of like, well, I guess I can't, I can't not do it now. I've told too many people. I've already started the project. I've talked with other production companies, you know, I'm, I'm, I've emailed uh, people that it's just sort of like business arrangements where it's just like, oh, if this fails, like then I might be out of a job <laughs> type thing. So it's, it worked. I mean, I ended up losing about a hundred pounds and, and we did the, the JMT, like you said, and, and um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun and super like creatively fulfilling at the same time. Yeah, because so like that was kind of my question too as to how the JMT even came about. Did you go hike that because you were going to do the podcast about it? It all sort of happened at the same time. So it was definitely like, you know, I, I was had just turned 30-ish. I don't remember exactly when, but it was, it, I was, I was over 30 and, you know, I had struggled with, with gaining and losing weight for most of my life. And so it was just sort of like, what can I do as a goal to like sort of motivate me? And I was like, well, what if I like, what if I set this super ambitious thing? Um, we ended up doing the JMT in 2019, but in 2017, uh, my girlfriend and I took a month off and car camped all the way from LA to um, Glacier National Park and like everywhere in between. So like, I was like, okay, like I could figure out how to take my, do my schedule to take a month off. This is something that's doable. Like that's step one. Um, is this something I could use to motivate myself to get in shape with? And I was like, yeah, I think I can. And then step three was very quickly after was like, oh, like I'm already recording stuff just randomly. This could be an interesting sort of uh, journey for a podcast for like a, you know, 10 episode miniseries type thing. There could, there could be something here. Um, hopefully there could be something here and, and that's sort of what set it in motion. 
So, and what was it about the John Muir Trail? Was it just like the length of it? Because I know that one only takes about three weeks. Yeah, three to four weeks. I think we did it in just like three weeks and a few days. Um, Yeah, that was definitely part of it. So I grew up, like I said, in Southern California and we'd camp in Sequoia, Kings Canyon National Park. We'd camp in Yosemite or there's there's a, a, we used to go to Bass Lake a ton, which is just outside of Yosemite. So it's like, I sort of grew up weirdly on like both ends of the the JMT and uh, it's something that was sort of always there in the background. You know, there's, there's a reason, like if you look at trends in backpacking, like ultralight, super popular. If you look at like broader trends of like tiny houses or van life type stuff, I think there's something romantic for better or for worse about like sort of minimal living, simple living, Uh, Can I fit everything I need to survive in a backpack? And I definitely fell in those traps, you know, like my Instagram algorithm is very much uh, serving me those type of ads. So, (laughs) um, and, and I'm not too upset about it. Um, So I think it was something like that too, where it was just like the timeframe fit, the physical challenge fit. Like I had grown up sort of knowing about it and being spending time in the Sierra Nevada. So I knew like how beautiful it is out there and how incredible it is. And then I think on top of that, it was just sort of like, there's, there's a little bit of like the, the, you know, uh, can, can I do my own version of into the wild without going that far? (laughs) Um, you know, like I was a person too, when I was a kid, we'd go camping with my family and I hated hiking, but in my adult life, it became something I loved. So there was this weird like juxtaposition of, is this something I could even do? And like, will it somehow like subconsciously like make up for the uh, all the hikes that I missed out on as a kid, you know, um, looking back, I've sort of had some of those reflective thoughts in the moment. It just, it just felt like a, a fun, interesting, hard, but yet doable challenge. Well, yeah. And I got to ask now, because like you said, before you did this hike, you were doing all this stuff to get in shape. So like as a kid, were you a little bit bigger of a kid? Was that yeah, I definitely part of the was. reason hiking was hard? Yeah, that was a that was a big part of it too. Like my my family was very much like my dad played uh, football and he he played uh, you know for Baylor, uh, which I think I don't know how their football team's doing. Honestly, um, this is part of the issue. Both my brothers uh, played basketball. Uh, one of them played in college and professional overseas. So like sports was very much, you know, my mom taught Weight Watchers and I was just like, I want to play with Legos. <laughs> I want to paint a picture. I want to, you know, I was very much whether it was how I was born or rebelling to the rest of my family. Like I was the art kid. I was the indoor kid. And then definitely, you know, what followed was, you know, I was, a, we're all big in my family, you know, like I'm, I'm six, four and I'm, I'm the smallest of my brothers. Um, wow. uh, I mean, by like, an inch. So it's not like they're seven feet tall, but so, yeah, so definitely there was like, part of it was just like my fitness level wasn't at a place where I enjoyed hiking as much as I could. And then second of all, I think I was just like, it was just like everyone else in the family is physical. I need to be my own unique person. And so there was a little bit of that rebellion that happens as a child. Yeah. And so then as an adult, how, how challenging was it to get out there on the trail and well, first of all, get in shape for this hike? What was the biggest challenge that you faced? I think the hardest challenge was like shame and guilt, whether it was imagined or real. Like I'm the type of person, like even today, like uh, we're recording this on a, on a Sunday. Yesterday, my girlfriend and I went out to uh, Griffith Park and we just did a hike and it was tons of fun. And there was this one section that was super steep and uh, like she went up faster than I did, you know, and it's 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 just one of those things where I start getting in my head like oh, I'm slowing everyone down. I'm you know, I'm not. And so that was amplified much more uh, before that. And so just things like that. You know, I've heard a lot of people too talk about like. Uh, even like a lot of the outdoor and sort of like fitness clothing, like they don't make clothes for bigger people. And so it's just sort of like, just even in the clothes you wear, you stand out, you look different. So there's a lot of these sort of mental struggles that I found personally much more difficult than the physical stuff. You know, uh, people have asked me, you know, I've, I've had friends who like go like, oh, I want to lose weight. Can you just tell me what you could do? And like, I could write it all down, you know, like it was 
I, I, I watched what I ate, made sure I wasn't eating too much. I tried to exercise a lot. I, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a life hack, but one of the things I did was I tried to walk everywhere. Like, if, could I walk to this meeting, even if it's, you know, three miles away? And, you know, how sweaty am I going to get? How professional do I need to look at this meeting? Um, do I have enough time to get there? So just a lot of stuff like that. But um, and then a huge part was like knowing that I had this project and sort of, you know, I, I like committed to doing it for the podcast. And so therefore, like, I had to, I had to do it. Otherwise, everyone would think I was a failure, maybe. I don't know. That, that's a little heavy, perhaps. <laughs> well, right. I mean, you were committed to like kind of sharing your experience on it. And I mean, if that's like, you've been in the world of podcasting and creating already. Exactly. So. And just like friends, like I told friends and family, like, we're going to do this. And then there's that weird, awkward moment where they're like, how's it going? Are you doing it? You know? And it's like, um, but no, I think definitely the hardest stuff was sort of the mental challenges behind it all. Um, and then too, like, so after I sort of made this commitment to do this and, and came up with this plan, like, uh, you know, there was a, my, my mom ended up passing away about a month in. And so that was a huge, it was, it was weirdly motivating in a way The sort of like, you only live once. Don't. Wait, a month into the hike of the trail? Sorry, a month into me deciding I was going to do this and really going all in on Got training. It, I was like, wait, exercising. isn't the trail a month long? Yes. Sorry. Okay. No, that's confusing. Um, so she had been, she had been struggling with cancer and, and, um, you know, we, we mentioned it in the podcast and I think I say like, how can something be expected and unexpected at the same time? So it was definitely that type of moment where it was just like, I don't want to put off things for tomorrow because like the cliche of, we don't know if tomorrow's going to exist. Um, but then also mixed with like this heaviness of like, what is family and what does it mean to be there for each other and, and relationships and stuff like that. And luckily my family still, most of them live in Southern California. So it's, we're not too far away, but it just, it added all these challenges. You know, there's always going to be things that I feel like can prevent you from like trying to achieve your goal, whatever it is. You know, uh, I think we also say in the podcast, I thought this is going to be a, a podcast about weight loss, but it turned out to be about a bunch of different other types of losses, you know, and, and some of those are like sort of the whole mental struggle game. And uh, that was definitely alive and well, uh, as I was going through this whole process. Well, right. I mean, it's like, you know, people, oftentimes people who go out and through hikes say like they go out to like, for one reason, maybe to like find themselves, but they discover so much more. Mm -hmm. And that's almost what this is sounding like. I mean, cause you, you must've used the trail as a place to just like deal with your grief too, is what it's sounding like. Yeah. I mean, it was so the, just the, the, the weird coincidence of it all, like we were out there on the JMT during, you know, the year anniversary of my mom's passing. And so you can't help, like, if, if anyone listening has done a through hike, like, you're, you're alone with your thoughts for a long time, for better, or for worse. And, um, you know, for the podcast, I talked with this mindfulness therapist who talked about, like, a lot of people could see that as like running away, like going to the woods. But in, in, in another perspective, it's also like, no, like, I'm choosing to go out and do something where I'm forced to be alone with my thoughts and I'm forced to feel these feelings and process this process. And, and uh, yeah, that definitely happened for me. It was definitely a growing and learning experience. I'd been reading too a lot about just sort of like the effects that nature has on people, you know, whether they're, uh, you know, some of the PTSD therapy that have been, that has been done in nature. And so like, I don't know. I mean, making this podcast and even today, like I'm still processing a lot of this stuff. Um, it's weird how like forcing yourself to talk about it. And maybe that's the theme is I keep on forcing myself to do things I don't want to do. But like even now we're doing, you know, uh, you know, this uh, we've done a, a handful of interviews for this new new podcast coming out. And it's just like I hear myself talking about it and I go like, oh, wow, like there's still there's still a process that we're going through. And and um and, and I think that's probably true with a lot of things. Like, it's like, we like things to be like a trail where there's a clear beginning and an end, but most of life, there isn't that. Right. Exactly. Like we, we can't even control what happens in life. 
Yeah. And, and it's, it's the sort of thing where it's just like being okay with that and recognizing, okay, what, what are the things that I can be in control of? What are, what are the things about my life that I can sort of uh, uh, respond to and react to accordingly? And so this whole process from losing weight to, to, to gaining, you know, strength to getting out there on the trail, to like challenging myself, to, to see what I'm capable of has definitely changed my, changed my life um, from very like these deep, heady emotional truths and spiritual truths for lack of a better word to like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm already starting to plan, you know, what's the next through hike going to be too. So I'm, I'm hooked in, in both the metaphysical and the physical sense, I guess. Sure. Right. Right. And you're, you'll probably end up making a podcast about your next trail too. huh? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this first one does. Yeah. So when you say you interviewed people for this podcast, like who were you seeking out to interview? Yeah. So, uh, this it's been interesting. Cause it's like, like we started out talking, I work in a lot of podcasts and, and as much as I have an ego and love the sound of my own voice, I also get sick of it. And so, um, I think early on, I was just like, I started like interviewing people as I was training and getting ready with the thought of like, oh, maybe I'll talk to someone and about like, how do you get in shape? And I'll talk to another person about like, what do I need to know before I get out there? And that's definitely part of it. But very soon on, I was just like, there's there are bigger stories here than just my own. And so there are universal truths that I'm learning that other people have experienced too. And um, maybe I can use this to showcase other people's stories instead of my own. So, uh, there's some fun surprises, so I don't want to give away too much in the podcast, but like, uh, you know, there's, I think one of my favorite interviews, uh, was with Olympian Alexi Pappas, who's a, a long distance runner. And, um, she told this great story about how she was training for her first marathon and things did not go how she planned them at all. And sort of, the easy and even like understandable thing to do in the moment would be to like, when you're a professional athlete, um, it's okay to sometimes go like, uh, let's pull out of this race. I don't want to injure myself further because I'm not prepared for it. Let me go back and then try to do another thing. But she, instead she decided to like change her framework of what it meant to be quote unquote successful like what being her best meant versus being the best. And it's just really, I find empowering uh, discussion that we have sort of about writing the story of your life and writing the story of like who you are and what you can do and being okay to reframe that in the moment. And that's not a cop-out, but in many ways, it's the healthy thing to do. Yeah, that seems like a really powerful conversation because, you know, I think a lot of people set expectations of themselves and never really change them like that they just hold themselves like at this really high expectation but like we said before like you can't control what happens in your life no and there are so many things when you're hiking too that you can't yeah. control you can't control the weather you can't control the altitude you can't i mean altitude's a great one like people get altitude sickness and like from what i understand like even the best scientists who study it don't have a complete grasp of why that happens. They know it happens, but they don't know why it affects certain people sometimes and not other times. And so like, there's just so many things that, like we said, weather, you know, the trail could be like literally rerouted and you have to be okay with rerouting your own metaphorical trail. Right. And so like what on the trail, when you were out on the John Muir trail, what was like the most challenging part for you, like where you really had to work your mind over the matter? Yeah, I think early on, so we went north. So that means we started uh, just south, yeah, just south of Mount Whitney. And then we hiked into Yosemite. And um, just because of how permits are and stuff like that, we, we hiked a few days, we started a few days south of Mount Whitney. And so just starting out, getting out there, it was way more difficult than I expected it was going to be. Uh, and I, I was in really good shape. Like um, I truly believe I was in the best shape I've could have been in given the whole year I had leading up to it. And it was really tough. And leading up to Mount Whitney, you know, just felt lots of shortness of breath going way, way, way slower than I thought, you know, I had this 
uh, you know, spreadsheet with all the, the, the sort of waypoints and go mile goals. And again, I sort of felt creeping back up a lot of that shame and that guilt and that just, I'm not good enough. The, you know, I hiked it with Rocky, my girlfriend. And it's just like, I'm slowing her down. Uh, you know, this isn't going to work. This is, this is not what I signed up for. And just learning early on to be like, okay, you don't have to shut those feelings out, but you also don't have to give them amplitude. Like they're real feelings. So acknowledge them. Like this is something that I'm going through. These are things that I'm feeling, but multiple things can be true. This can be very difficult. This can make me feel ashamed, but this is also one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen. This is also some of the most peace I've ever felt. This is some of the, the best sleep I've ever had, even though I'm on you know the rocky ground under a thin mattress. Um, and so learning, I think if, if I had to answer the question today, like what, what have I taken away the most from this process? It's learning to like feel everything and, and learning to feel it all at the same time instead of like jumping and switching back and forth between them, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, it does. But like when you're experiencing so many feelings and I'm sure your podcast gets really into some of this too, like just managing all those different feelings. Cause like when you're through hiking, like I've never done a through hike, but you do spend a lot of time alone, but at least you were with someone. Yeah, but you have stretches on too. But that's what I think that's what I think so important and special about hiking is that like very practically you're doing these things that that sort of are a, are a, a practice for these other bigger issues. So like you are forced to spend time alone. And so like you you can't help but sort of think about this stuff. If you're hiking over difficult terrain, like you're you're thinking about where am I going to put my next foot while still trying to balance on this current one, and then also looking forward to see like what do I have to do? Like, am I checking my map? But also I'm checking my surroundings. The cliche of like if you just sort of get one click off and keep on going without constantly checking in, like you're going to end up miles away. Um, so it's like all these very practical things that you're just doing instinctively to hike, like very much sort of relay back to life. Um, even in sort of like the theme of like forcing my own hand to do this hike by telling uh, people about it, by creating a podcast about it. Like I have, I have a buddy who talks about when he goes hiking, sometimes if there's a river that they don't want to cross, they'll throw their boots over. So it's like, we have to get across now because like, that's where our boots are. But that metaphor works in our own lives. Like that's what I did by telling people this was this, this is what I was gonna do. I threw my boots over the river of making this podcast, losing weight and hiking the trail. Right, for sure. And yeah, I mean, definitely when you're out on the trail you do have so many thoughts to process. And I think like the hardest part about that especially if you're alone would be the fact that you don't have anyone to really digest them with except yourself. Yeah, no, that that's definitely tough. And so I was very lucky that, you know, sort of if we weren't hiking together the whole day, Rocky and I could check in sort of at the end of the day and sort of debrief and 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 again too, uh, you know, we would record those debriefs because we had to. So you had to have something to talk about. But no, it's it's um yeah, I don't I've never done any sort of thing other than a day or two by myself. Um so I don't know what that experience is like for someone to do something multiple weeks or multiple months on their own. But uh, I have to imagine it's 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 pretty life-changing, hopefully for the better, but I can also see it driving you a little crazy too. Right, for sure. And it's interesting that you mentioned like that your hike was a little bit of like going through the grief and the loss of your mom, like you were out hiking on her one year anniversary. I talked to someone else who wrote a whole book about her hike on the Wonderland Trail. Yeah. And a lot of that was about dealing with the grief of her mother when she was out through hiking. So, I mean, people hike for so many different reasons. Totally. When you're out there, you don't know what someone's going through when you're passing them. No, and it's, it's you know, it's it's cliche now to say hike your own hike, but that is, is just such a true thing. And that goes back to, like we said, with expectations and everything, but also like, you don't know why people are out there and, um, you know, like uh, my story isn't unique in a sense that it's just like, oh, this is another story about someone who went through a, a tragedy, decided they wanted to make a change, found hiking. Um, 
that's also a very practical reason why I wanted to include other people's stories and voices in this podcast as much as possible, just because it's like, one, we're not alone. There are other people going through this too. And then two, like, this is a story we've heard before, but it also is unique to me or to whomever else is experiencing it. So it's this weird connection. Yeah. I like that perspective that you're like including other people's stories too. And I mean, like you said, a million people have through hiked. Yes. And like you said, a lot of the time it's like, there's a big tragedy, but at the same time, like sharing those stories and perspectives, I think is what people need, even though you're just another person who through hiked, like there's something to, to share there. Absolutely. Like you're probably, your story is probably really going to touch people through that podcast. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it, it touched me. And so hopefully, at the very least, I hope it's interesting. Um, but yeah, if it has a bigger thing, that's cool, too. But that like you were saying to other people's stories and perspectives, I mean, yeah, it's very, again, very practically, like, you can look at a picture, a two dimensional picture and see, you know, the half dome or, or the Sierra Nevadas or some incredible feet and be inspired, but then to actually be out there and to see it three dimensional from multiple perspectives, like it's that much more powerful. And similarly, like if you hear one person tell one story about being in the outdoors, like that can be powerful, but the more people's stories you hear, the more perspectives you get and the more three dimensional the picture becomes. And uh, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I always think it's very cool uh, when I was in, in the music days, this is a nice tie in when like you have a crowd of people singing, like a lot of people like feel like, oh, this song was written sp about a specific thing that they might be going through or experienced. Um, and everyone feels that way. And yet somehow, you know, it can't all be written about every single one's experience, but yet we can all relate somehow. And like, that's just such a cool, like, if I can get hippy dippy for a second, like, that's just a cool thing that we connect with other people. Like, it's almost like the more specific we are, the more we can relate to others. Right, for sure. Yeah, when there's connections, people are going to feel it. And like the, the music, that was a really good example. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, but who, yeah, who knew sure. that when we started talking about music, it would all tie up in a bow. Right. Exactly. But no, I do want to know a little bit more about like the whole, how the podcast is laid out, like how many episodes are there? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot that's recorded, so there's probably going to be like bonus episodes and certain things, but the show itself is very like, I call it a, a podcast documentary or an audio documentary. Cause uh, you know, there's a lot of like things that were written for it. There's, multiple interviews with people there's there's the story of the actual like audio diaries from the trail and from the year leading up to it so it's all weaved in so there's there's going to be 10 episodes and there's probably going to be some bonus content um later on afterwards just because you know like i said that 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 uh, interview with alexi pappas the olympian like i think there's like five minutes of that audio in an episode but you know we talked for an hour and it's like it's a great hour um so that doesn't really answer your question specifically but but yeah that's that's the 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 first one um i don't know when this is going out but the first episode starts on april 15th and then we'll go 10 weeks after that awesome awesome oh yeah i just kind of want to know a little bit about the john muir trail like i know that it can be done in like three weeks and it's part of the Pacific Crest Trail, correct? Yeah, the, the PCT and the JMT share a good chunk of it. Not It's not 100% of the JMT because when the JMT curves into Yellowstone, the PCT keeps going north. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, it's depending on who you ask, it's one of the first or the first sort of long distance officially sanctioned uh, through hiking, you know, whatever the official sanctioning means. But but a lot of these trails, you know, existed way before it was like given the name and the stamp and the and the seal, you know. Um, you know, before John Muir, there were they were cattle trails before then. Um, you know, there were the the Native American trails used the whole stuff and, and continue to use it to this day. So it's um yeah, it's 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 one of the more popular uh quote unquote, through hikes. And so that can make it difficult sometimes with with getting a permit because they want to, they're trying to figure out how to allow access to these areas while also not creating um, like loving things to death, I think is a phrase I've heard a lot, um, sort of in the outdoor area. 
but yeah, no, it's super beautiful. It's, it's, you know, it's arguably one of the most beautiful places in the world, if not the US. Um, and for a lot of people doing the PCT, they say it's, you know, one of the more physically challenging sections of that hike. Just because each day you're, you're easily, you, you, you could easily go up and down, uh, you know, 2000 vertical feet multiple times a day, depending on how many miles you, you pass. And most of the, most of the trails above 10,000 feet of elevation, you're crossing back and forth between tree line and, and being super exposed to the elements. Um, we went in 2019, which was a pretty wet year. So there was a lot of, even in August, there was a lot of snow crossing and snow bridges. But yeah, it's also nice though, because of all that snow, there was a, a lot of water. So you didn't, we didn't have to worry about that too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, no shortage of water. And I'm guessing with like being above the tree lines and everything, you guys were doing tent camping versus instead of hammock camping. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of hammock camping. I mean, it looks fun. I think it's because I'm used to, I was like, I've car camped so much and I know like different parks have different restrictions about like whether you can tie stuff to a tree or not. So that like my instinct was just to go straight to uh, tent camping. And uh, I don't know, we did one of those trekking pole tents that are trying to get our stuff as lightweight as possible and, you know, didn't have any issues. It's, it's funny looking back at it now because we, my girlfriend and I only did, you know, like two or three overnights to like prep for this, you know, so like the most we had done was like one night backpacking and then three weeks backpacking. So, and the rest of it was car camping. Yeah. And I mean, that's usually how through hikers do it. I feel like, like just sort some of, of like them have in. never even hiked in their life. Yeah. Well, I do think like, I don't, I don't know if this is like minimizing, so I don't mean to, but it's just like, I think anyone can through hike, like, Anyone can through hike, no matter what your fitness level, no matter what, how many miles you feel like you have to do, no matter how huge or tiny and lightweight your pack is, like, there's a way to do it for anyone. And it's as simple as just like putting one foot in front of the other. And obviously there are, you know, restrictions. And these are bigger questions that, you know, we, 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 we talk about in the podcast a little bit about, you know, um, obviously people who are in wheelchairs or stuff like that, accessibility issues, like, like that, that's not happening in the backcountry, and, and, and should or shouldn't it is a, is a whole nother conversation for those who are able and those who have the ability and the privilege to sort of take time off of work and buy expensive camping gear, like the phys the physical ability, like the, the physical fitness, I guess I should say the physical fitness level is the easiest thing to get out there and do because after a few days your body's like okay this is what we're doing now and and we can get it done right for sure and I love that you say like it's just as simple as putting one foot in front of the other um there's been a few through hikers that have said that to me <laughs> it's literally walking it's like it's not sexy like the sexiest version of walking we have is race walking and that's just weird and you look goofy when you do it like but like people aren't getting shoe deals for being able to walk very long distances, you know, uh, maybe they should, I would like one. Um, but, but, you know, like, it's just, it's this thing you tell someone you're going to walk, you know, a hundred, 200, 300 miles. People look at you weird. Like why? Like most people walk because they have to get somewhere because their car's not working or, you know, it's parking's too difficult. And so like they, a lot of people look at you a little strange, but, in a sort of beautiful way, like it is this thing that for most of us we've done since we're a kid and we can continue on doing. And it's not much more difficult than, than that. For sure. And like you were saying before, it goes back to that like minimalist lifestyle of like, you're literally just walking and wearing everything you need on your back. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like, that's so appealing to so many people. And I mean, may, maybe it's not appealing to some people who go out and through hike because some people who go out and through hike, like some people don't even like the idea of the hike itself. I feel like some of them are just doing it to get in their own heads. Like we've been talking about too. Yeah, no, I, uh, I have some friends who have done like the Appalachian trail and, uh, you know, the, the joke is like, 
oh, you could stay in a hotel every night if you wanted to. Um, you know, there's enough towns that you sort of crisscross on the trail. Um, and and to me, like, that sounds fun, but that's like a completely different idea of what I think of. Like, and again, I don't know if it's just a weird over-romanticization, but there is something empowering maybe of like, I have everything I need with me at this moment. I am miles, days at times away from the nearest town. And uh, the only thing I have to do today is wake up, walk, eat, and go back to sleep. And like, there's a real simplistic focus that frees you up to sort of be present and be aware of everything else that is going on in your mind and in your body that is just pretty magical. Right. And like being present. Yeah, exactly. It gives you time to sit in your thoughts because I mean, that's one reason I love going outside and on the trails is that you're not distracted by all these other things. So yeah, it's, I feel bittersweet about it because it's just like, I shouldn't need this to, to help me get into those moments. But at the same time, like it's definitely does like, you know, a lot of people are talking about the controversy of like, should we put cell towers in national parks and on public lands and stuff like that. And, you know, I get that it's, it helps promote them and, and for emergency situations, it's very convenient, but at the same time, like I weirdly am like, no, don't, don't put them there. This is one of the few places where I, I, am not on my phone all the time. And it's just like, I can turn my phone off. I have that power, but yet sometimes, sometimes I need that little extra help of going to these places where even if my phone is on, I can't get any signal. Right, for sure. I mean, there's that's one reason that makes them so special is that you are disconnected from the outside world when you're in those places. Yeah, but, and that's definitely something I'm trying to to do every day now is like sort of recognize that how I feel when I'm hiking is available to me when I'm not hiking. And how can I still value that experience, but also recognize that it's, it's within me already today and put myself in a, in a place where I can experience those same feelings, that same freedom of thought, that same presence or mindfulness or whatever catch-all term is for it. That sort of just health and well-being is available to me today when I'm in a, a crowded city like Los Angeles or when I'm out in, the, in a forest somewhere. Yeah, I think that's a big balancing act. Absolutely. Just being able to get outside for a moment. It's yeah, especially you in in California. You're in LA. Yeah, so I'm I'm just I mean I'm a I'm a five minute walk from Griffith Park. So I, I'm lucky in that regard. You know I feel spoiled. Like I'm I'm one of those weirdos who loves Los Angeles. I love cities and downtown. I love that it's it's an industry town and it's an industry that I work in. I like the sort of excitement of entertainment. I like when they shut down a street because they're filming a TV show. Um, but I also like that I'm an hour or less away from some of the most amazing views and beautiful deserts and oceans and forests and mountains and trees and all of the above. Right, for sure. Like you've learned to get the best of both worlds. I mean, a lot of people who live in cities probably do that, but there's always some people who don't take advantage of that greenery. Yeah, no, there's a great... Um, Florence Williams is an author and she's written a lot about sort of nature therapy or nature exposure and um, just talking about the 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 uh, the effect that cities can have on sort of your psyche and then the sort of immediate effect that I forget the exact statistics but I want to say it's like five minutes in nature a day can like like literally like start to change like your nervous system. Like it's demonstrable like in labs and stuff that, that people who, who are able to get these things, you know, are happier, they're more productive, they're more creative. And so, oh, yay for sure. nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's forest bathing is the term yeah. that people use for it. Yeah. There's so many benefits to it. So I, um, I'm wondering where can people find you if they want to know more about you specifically and then your new podcast coming out. And have we even talked about the title of that podcast? I don't know that we have. The podcast is called Trail Weight, which is a little uh, play on, on words there. Um, yeah. And so uh, you can find that anywhere that podcasts are. Like I said, it starts April 15th and, you know, look for that on all the, the podcast apps or you can go to trailweight.co. That's the website. 
and uh, trail weight on social media. And then I'm on social media at Andrew Steven. I post occasionally. I'm not very active anymore. Um, and most of what I do is just talking about the podcast. So, um, and then my website's andrewsteven.com if you want to see any of the other shows or podcasts that I've worked on. Awesome. Oh, I, I'm like curious. Have you, have you been able to like maintain your weight since you got off the trail? Yeah, it's definitely been tough. Like a lot of people joke, you know, they, they gain their COVID-19 pounds. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit up and down, but no, I'm definitely, you know, I was, I was just under 400 pounds when I started recording and, you know, I've, I've, you know, plus or minus 10 pounds or so from at around 300 since I've been back. So I still wanted, I still want to lose some more weight. Um, I don't know how much of that is ego based and how much of that is like health based, but um, just trying to, to go on that journey and still love myself regardless as corny as that might sound. Well, no, I mean, I think that's an awesome perspective and mindset to have like, yeah, yeah. Because earlier you said anyone can go through hike. And weight loss too is such a weird thing because it's like, like I a hundred percent truly believe in like body positivity because I've known the other side of that for so long. But I'm also fully aware that like I have an ego and I like struggle with not just exterior body positivity stuff, but internal things like where am I deriving my value and meaning? And am I, do I think I deserve more? I mean, this is just to put it in like its broadest terms. Like, do I think I'm only deserving of love if I look a certain way or act a certain way? And so it's like, it's, that's, I mean, there's so many facets. I feel like, I feel like it could be explored in a podcast of all the emotions and thoughts that go through someone's head on a, on a, <laughs> when they, when they go through a change like this. Um, but it is, it's transformation, it's loss in like literally every sense of the word. Well, right, for sure. And like the fact that you're like maintaining it is and want to keep doing more like that shines a whole other light on it, too. Well, yeah. And I think I think what I where I'm at is it's definitely motivated by like trying to accomplish certain things. So it's not necessarily like I want to do the JMT under a certain amount of time, but it's just like, oh, I really want to do the rim to rim Grand Canyon hike. And I recognize that like depending on when you go, like it gets really hot and it can be really dangerous. And so like, I need to be at a place where I can do that healthily or like I have dreams of maybe one day doing the PCT. And like that requires a certain amount of something from your body. And it's just sort of like, if I want to go on that experience, like I need to get my body in a place where it can, it can do that. And, uh, learning that it's, I need to get my body in a place where I can do that. And that doesn't mean it has to look or be like someone else's, but also just listen to yourself and know like where you need to be in order to do that. Right. That's huge. Listen to your own body because everyone's body is made so differently. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'm curious with you on the trail, like, since you are a bigger person, you know, what did you have to eat more, like have a higher calorie intake? Yeah, I mean, I I probably, but at the same point too, like I was joking, like I'm already carrying the food. <laughs> um, it's just in a different form. So yeah, I mean, I think they say for most people, you burn three to 6,000 calories a day when you're through hiking, like we were doing. And so, I mean, really the amount of food we brought was limited to what we could fit in our bear cans. And so, uh, you know, I think it was somewhere in the range of that. I, we took as many cal. my girlfriend who's teeny like she too we took as many calories as we could take just because uh you can't you can't eat as much as you're burning did i say that right you can't you eat can't. as many you can't eat more calories than you're burning when you're through hiking it's almost impossible right right because you don't you can't carry that much food no you can't yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah even, i had to think and, about that <laughs> no yeah i was like am i saying that right i don't know but yeah it's just like even even people who are super fit and skinny or people who are big like you're just you're limited to what can fit in your backpack right exactly yeah so i mean most people are probably deficient of their calories on the trail yeah. unless i mean there are ways to be super healthy like i've had like a dietitian on here to, who yeah. specifically does backpacking food. So there are ways. And there's a difference between like nutrition and calories. Um, yeah. And so it's just like how to be as healthy. And that's also another whole nother issue because like 
being healthy on the trail can be very expensive at times. Um, and and so takes a lot more prep. A ton more prep. And if you're doing something super long distance, like like one of these, you know, five month PCT or, or Continental Divide trails or whatever, like you can't always prep that far ahead. And so you're just left with what store is in this town and what can I purchase here? And I mean, these are all these are all problems that are very privileged complaints, but at the same time, like they're also like fun problems to solve for me, at least in how my brain works. And I like to like, you know, I mean, I, I joked earlier that I have a spreadsheet, but it's just like, I feel I feel like I use spreadsheets more than any other creative person I know, because <laughs> it's like I put everything like I try to plan and like uh, map things out as much as possible. I mean, it's the same, I guess, motivation that leads you to start recording random conversations and hope that they could be used for a podcast in the future. For sure. Oh my God. No, that, um, my, my husband uses spreadsheets probably as much as you. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's like all the other, everything. all my other friends are like, don't even know what a spreadsheet is or <clears throat> excuse me. They don't know what a, uh, uh, they don't know what a spreadsheet is or they're like a banker and they like live in spreadsheets. And I'm like, I'm definitely not a banker. Like my brain does not worth work in math, but something about like the visualization of the grid helps me like process things. That's so funny. Yeah. Brains work so differently because that's like not at all how my <laughs> brain works. Like when my husband pulls a spreadsheet out, I'm just like, yeah, I, I can't even look at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. Cause if, it, if anyone else showed me their spreadsheet, I would feel the same way, but for whatever weird reason, when I do it, it's like, no, this is art. This is beautiful. <laughs> That's great. So did you have a spreadsheet like when you were losing weight and like doing all of your workouts prior to your hike? No, no, only because of all like the fitness trackers and everything and your phone does does that all too. But like, I do believe I don't I don't remember who first said this, but I do think like measurement is motivation. And like, uh, for me, I would weigh myself almost daily. And I know for some people, that can create uh, infatuation with that in sort of unhealthy ways. And I think I was healthy about it, but I'm also not a doctor. Um, but for me, like there's something about like seeing the change happen, even gradually was motivation to keep going. Um, similarly, like I mentioned, I would, I would try to walk everywhere, like being able to like add a mile or like add, do like, oh, I did, you know, this, this month, every weekend I did a three mile hike the next weekend I did a four mile the next weekend I did a five you know whatever it is like being able to like track that progress is was super motivating for for me to continue on um so like I was just uh, I was just talking to someone else for a podcast and they were like what's like your what's your advice for someone who maybe is like in a similar place as you who wants to make a transition from maybe car camping to backpacking or maybe they want to lose weight or something like that I was just like find something to measure that you can do healthily, that you can keep track of. Because for me, that was very motivating to sort of see the continual growth. So, and here's my question. What if you saw a number where you were like regressing one day? How did that shift your mind? Um, I think that's a, that's a really good question. Or maybe it didn't. <laughs> no, I think there would be times like, so I have a, this is this, I've never told this to anyone. So this is funny. Um, I don't even know if my girlfriend knows this and I don't know if she can hear this right now. So um, like there are times where I like, so I have a smart scale and it like automatically sends the weight to the app in my phone that keeps track of everything. And so like, there are times when I would step on it and it's like still like trying to like, it's bouncing between like two decimals, trying to like center and land on the weight. And I would like jump off the scale. Cause it's like, no, no. I don't want this to be part of the official record. Um, so I think that's probably a little unhealthy uh, reaction, but I also would trust the process and like, look at the, and that's the danger of weighing yourself daily, but it's sort of like, what's the trend versus what's the daily. So it's like in the healthier moments, it'd be like, okay, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit more, you know, heavier today, but if I look at the last three months, I'm trending downward. And so like, remember that compared to yesterday, it might feel like a step backwards, but in the grand scheme of things, it's still a, a step headed in the direction you want to go. Right. And you know, the time of day also matters when you're weighing yourself, oh, and totally. like whether you just ate or not, how much water you've had. Did you go to the bathroom before you weighed yourself? Like all that yeah. stuff plays into it. So yeah, it's like use the, the, the daily or the frequent 
uh, measurement of whatever it is to like motivate you, but then also look at the trends to see, to make sure like, to like, you know, to, to don't live in the, in the daily measurements, um, live in the trends. Right. For sure. That sounds like a weird fashion, uh, model like target live in the trends. (laughs) No, that's good. Yeah. Go with the trends. That's great. Um, and I'm also curious, I mean, I think weight loss is a huge topic for women. So you have like a male's perspective on it. So like, did you have like other men that you were like communicating with during this process, like to support you or was it mainly just your girlfriend? I mean, it was mostly the voice, my voice memos app on my phone. <laughs> like, honestly, just cause it's like, I had this project and that's like, like, I know there are clubs online and I know there are, you know, like hiking groups and stuff. And yeah, I have a couple of friends and we talk about, you know, as shallow or as deep things as we want to talk about. But there is something, like I said earlier, like saying you want to walk a really long distance, like people just don't get it. <laughs> they either get it or they don't. And so like uh, for for better or for worse, like most of my sort of regular check-ins were like with myself um, or like, uh, but yeah, or with like with this project in mind. Yeah. And like, see, that's like another cool, like I'm excited to listen to your podcast on this because I think weight loss is like a huge topic all around for people, but it seems to be a big topic for women more so than men. Yeah. I think, I don't know. There is so much weird shame. You know, I grew up, I grew up. And again, I, 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 I talk, I touch on this a little bit in the podcast. Sorry. I keep saying that phrase, but, um, well, we are talking about your podcast. So (laughs) it's okay. Like, I grew up and and I'm very careful to say, like, I don't think this was anyone's intention. And I think there are people who sort of grew up similarly to I did who had completely different experiences. But like, I grew up in a very like evangelical Christian household. And for whatever reason, like, I took that to mean like anything like self-improvement or self-love is the same as selfish. And so like... There was, there was, there was pretty big sort of like stumbling blocks or hurdles or whatever the analogy is to like deal with and work on and continue to work on today of like, no, taking care of yourself is okay. And the shame you feel around this, like that, that shouldn't be what's motivating you to lose weight. Like there should be a positive thing or uh, uh, some other thing that's motivating you, not the shame of feeling like you have to be a certain way or look a certain way. And I think, I don't know whether it's toxic masculinity. I don't know whether it's just the city and the town I grew up in at the time I did. I don't know if it's just some random TV show. I subconsciously, you know, ingrained in my head as a kid or, or some combination of all the above, but it's just sort of like, it's just really hard to be like, okay with where you're at, but also want to change and, and figuring out how to do that is really hard. Right. And I'm still figuring it out. I I have not figured it out. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting. Like the selfish thing over like self-love and self-care like that. And I've only been able to articulate that recently. Like at the time, I definitely did not think that, you know, and I can sort of even see, some logic to that about like, no, we should care for other people instead of care for yourself. Like you can become so self-involved that everything becomes around you. And then how is that? And, and again, I don't, I don't know if this is too many, like uh, giving, giving, uh, apologizing for other people's or excusing other people's stuff. But again, it's this weird balancing act. Yeah. Yeah. It for sure is because you kind of have to, you have to give yourself self-care and be healthy as a human being before you can give your full love and attention to anyone else around you. Yeah. And health is much more than just physical. Absolutely. Well, like earlier, you said that the mental part of the trail was harder than the physical part of the trail for you. Definitely. Yeah. And no, it's, it's one of those things that we even hear people talk about, like, you know, like the head and the heart or like, you know, like the physical and the metaphysical, but for some reason I'm, I'm prone to focus all like my transformation energy um, on, on the physical and like my, um, 
I don't know, my pontification or like my creative energy on the metaphysical. Uh, this I'm using too many big words that I don't even know what they mean. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so it's just so interesting how like I could I could I could sit here and probably there are listeners who are bored because I'm too ethereal and I'm not talking about specifics enough. Um, but yet when I start thinking about like change and transformation in my life, it immediately goes to my physical body. Um, and it leaves that other space um, if there's only those two categories. And again, if that's how I was raised, the era I grew up in, uh, some combination of everything, like I, I, there's like 12 different edits of the first episode of the podcast where sometimes I say I was almost 400 pounds. Sometimes I say I don't like, there's still part of me even saying that today where just that feels, I don't want that to be part of my story, but at the same point, it is part of my story and that's okay. And why do I feel that way? And why do I feel embarrassed about that? But yeah, there's just, there's too much to impact. And, you know, uh, Sarah, you don't need to be my therapist um, unless you want to be. And then how much do I owe you for this podcast recording? This is how you make money as a podcaster. We figured it out. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to be like a podcast therapist. <laughs> yes. And you charge to, for people to call in and, and air all their weird uh, stuff that's going on. Well, gosh, you know, it's interesting that you say that because in another life, I've always thought I should be a therapist. So <laughs> We just, Funny. we, this is a perfect podcast. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Speaking your own truth sometimes can be really hard, I think. And like, you can say it once, but like the more you say it, the more real it becomes. So I, I think that's true for all humans. Yeah. And just the sort of like, I am not defined by other people's perceptions of me. And that's, I think that's something we all can agree with, but to like actually sit with a lot of us, I would, I would guess struggle with, with some fraction of that. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, and then like you think of like the social media world and how people oh, yeah. want to be def defined on social media and that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I used to be way more active on social media and I still am a big fan of it. Like, I think there's some really cool stuff too, but I have, I notice a difference in myself when I'm, you know, on it more or on it less. So I'll just, yeah, for myself, I notice a difference. Right. So you should, I told you that you looked like Frank, the guy that I talked to. So a lot of my conversation with him was about like your social media persona and everything. Mm -hmm. Cause he, um, he's like a big influencer. So I think you would find that conversation really interesting with him. And he's your long lost twin. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's good. Oh, well, this has been awesome. Well, no, thank you so much. I really appreciate it uh, being able to to share some of my story and, and talk about this podcast. Um, I hope I hope like uh, people will, will get something out of it. So thank you for for having me on your show. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life. <laughs>